You're listening to The Hot Tag with the real tag team champs, Matty Ice and Axel the Axeman, where we talk everything wrestling. Welcome back to Hot Tag with your Beer City Boys, the hottest podcast that's streaming the nation. On today's podcast, yeah, we're going to try something uh, a little bit different this week uh, for episode five. Um, We want to switch it up, not do so many reviews on shows. Uh, We thought we would uh, take some highlights from uh, wrestling in the past couple weeks or so um, and things we uh, would like to see with uh, things, you know, some of the promotions like WWE or AEW, Impact or whatever are doing uh, that we really enjoy and how, what direction we'd like to see them go uh, going forward. So, uh, Matty Ice, uh, you want to get us started on uh, our first topic? Yeah. We're going to talk about what happened last night on Friday Night SmackDown in WWE land. Um, Roman Reigns came out at the beginning of the show and was talking. And running his mouth with Paul Heyman. And then Drew McIntyre came out. That brings up an interesting point with Drew McIntyre coming out on SmackDown, um, depending on what's going on with him and Randy. And that might possibly lead up to a Survivor Series match with Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns. What do you think about that, Alex? You know, Roman Reigns has been on fire with his heel persona with Paul Heyman. Ever since Brock Lesnar left and now Roman Reigns has come back from being, you know, his absence with the beginning of the coronavirus, his heel run, in my opinion, is awesome for Roman. I know that nobody was a really huge Roman Reigns fan when he was a a face, and I like him as a heel. I also think on the other side of the coin, Drew McIntyre as a face, this year he has been on fire as well. I can only imagine what those two would look like if there was actually fans in the stands and they were going from town to town. They would just be, WWE would just be selling out every night. I mean, I'm sure they already do because of the name, but those two storylines are for sure my favorite storylines other than Alexa Bliss and Bray Wyatt. But those two are my favorite thing going on in WWE right now. And I would really like to see WWE figure out a way to get those two together in a match. And I think you and I both have ideas that are pretty similar of getting that through. But, no, I I totally agree with you. I want to see this happen, and they need to make this happen. Yeah, need to is the the key word there. Um, It's so much fire between the two of those guys, because they're both red hot on the mic right now. They're cutting good promos, um, just feeding like that raw emotion coming off of them. Um, and last night, I mean, there was like super good tension between the two of them, and I enjoyed watching it. I think even the little baby enjoyed watching it with me. 
I think she <laughs> might have did a fist pump or something. Yeah. Um, but uh, where do you go with Randy, though? Because Drew McIntyre's on Raw, and Roman is on SmackDown. So what do you do with Randy? I know The Miz is out there with Money in the Bank as well. So... I really don't know if maybe this is going to be like a build-up thing to where, hey, I'm going to be gunning for you someday kind of thing, or if they're going to actually make this happen. The only way that it's going to happen, though, is if Randy drops the belt on Raw. And we only have a week to put this all together. Now, what do, what do you say about a long-term solution to this? You let it kind of fester, and you let Drew McIntyre kind of be in the background, always kind of behind Roman's back, making him, like, a little bit nervous and looking behind him because here's this guy on the other show that keeps showing up to my show, you know, and, and running his mouth, cutting promos and stuff. You, you know, I think that they could do the switch. You could come up with a storyline to do it, or... You know, like I said, you just pull this storyline out farther and just keep teasing the fans with it a little bit at a time as the weeks go by leading up to WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, WrestleMania's still a little bit of ways away. We got like five months before WrestleMania hits, roughly. Um, it might be a little less. Um, but The Miz came out and said he wanted to be a headliner on WrestleMania. Is that correct? Yeah, I had um, read an article a few months back that I remember that where he did come out and say uh, that he wanted to headline WrestleMania, and if he didn't, it kind of sounded like he was going to be going somewhere else or at least leaving the WWE. I don't see him anywhere else. He seems like a really, you know, basically a WWE guy. I'm not, not to say that he couldn't be somewhere else, but I just... Don't see him in that capacity. I don't see somebody like AEW coming after him. Maybe like Impact could or ROH or something. I think he could do decent there. But, you know, what do you think if, you know, what if, is this a possibility for The Miz to cash in his money in the bank right after Roman Reigns and, set, uh, excuse me, um, Randy Orton's match at Survivor Series? That's a good possibility. Now, the only thing is, is there's a lot of time in between now and WrestleMania for The Miz. So Miz would have to hold that belt for a while. you got a lot of firepower on these shows now. So you, you could go a lot of different directions. And I think it's better for The Miz to kind of wait to cash in that money in the bank to get that main event status at WrestleMania. So, like, if he could wait at least until, I don't know, February or something, at least have like a good solid month for a build-up um, to WrestleMania so that way they can create some kind of storyline. Unless The Miz holds on until WrestleMania comes. And then he cashes it and in. He cashes it in on whoever's, whoever he wants to, whoever gets beat up the most. Yeah, that's interesting too. Um now, what's your thoughts if you throw The Fiend in on the situation? 
you know, maybe they're wanting to get a title back on The Fiend. And throwing Miz in there is a way to kind of say, oh, well, we're not really ready for The Fiend to beat Randy. What if The Miz is in there for like a transfer guy? You know, he gets it from Randy. He holds it for a month or two, and then The Fiend takes it from him. So then that way The Fiend's not necessarily, quote, unquote, burying Randy Orton. That's that's possible too, because uh, Money in the Bank happens at uh, WrestleMania, right? Or is that their own pay per view? Uh, I think that's their own. Yeah, pay-per-view. it's their own pay per view now. It it started at WrestleMania though. Yeah. yeah. So, but the what that pay per view is in at least March or April. Well, no, I guess it would be after that because WrestleMania is in March, so it would at least be during the summer. So uh, the Miz has got until the I think at least the summer because it lasts a year, I believe. I think so. I can't remember where when Money in the Bank was. Um, but they did that at the, um, cause he beat Otis for it. Yeah. A yeah. few months back. So maybe his is extended. I don't know how they're going to use that as a storyline. And I guess they can make up whatever they want cause it's their company and they can, you know, make up whatever hokey pokey. Fancy jazz yeah, that they want that to. They yeah. want to. Um, but yeah, what if, you know, what if you do extend the storyline out, like I was saying, and have McIntyre, you know, be behind Roman the whole time, and then the way to, you know, move him over to SmackDown, a smarter way would be to have McIntyre win the Royal Rumble the second year in a row, and then just flat out say he's challenging Roman. Because doesn't that just necess- doesn't that pretty much put him over on SmackDown after that point? Then. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that could probably be, yeah. I mean, I know in the past, WWE hasn't been very good at explaining why this person's on this show or this person's on this show when they started on the other show, but, you know, that makes sense to me. I mean, because who else, are you, besides, you know, the people that we've mentioned, who else are you going to have hold either one of the, the, the main belts? Yeah. You know, AJ's got his own storyline going, Daniel Bryan's got his thing going, you know, all these guys that are capable of holding it, they're not going to... They're not anywhere near the level that Reigns and McIntyre are running. And the and I think The Fiend and Randy are right behind them. I mean, Randy Orton doesn't have too many years left. so. Yeah, I think th- this might be one of Randy's last hurrahs with the belt, for sure. I mean, he's, what, 14 time? Yeah, I think, yeah, he's at least like 13 or 14. Um, and he probably won't hold it again. Because I couldn't imagine, I don't think anybody is going to pass Ric Flair, and I think they're going to do that on purpose. You know, nobody's, a, in my opinion, nobody had, was a better champion than Ric Flair, 16 time. For sure. Um, I think John Cena is right behind him at like 15. No, he's got 16 too. He's got 16? Mm-hmm. But then Triple H has 15. So, but I don't think Triple H is, he shouldn't hold the title anymore. He, he's, he's pretty much done, Steve. He should just do the NXT thing, but I don't know. I mean, that's a that's a way, that's what I kind of want to see happen. I want to see Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre wrestle. And even if you have to wait till WrestleMania, I think it's worth it because I think it'll be good. Yeah, yeah, it would be good. It would be really good to see those two just go at it with all their firepower that they have right now and just put on a great show. And hopefully things get back to normal and we can actually see that live. Yeah, do you think 
there'll be fans at WrestleMania, or do you think that that's something that's probably not going to happen? You know, if there's fans at WrestleMania, I think it's going to be a limited access fans. Okay. I mean, they probably won't have it in a. They might have it in a stadium or something, some kind of stadium or something, or an arena. Uh, but I think it would be to a, uh, a limited capacity. Okay. I was gonna. I mean, I guess nobody really knows the timeline of the virus. My other thing that I was gonna say um, would be what you know. Maybe they're just gonna keep teasing everybody until they finally do get fans back, but. I guess nobody really has the answer for that. Yeah. I mean, that Thunderdome setup that they have, um, that's actually a really good idea um, that brings uh, live faces into the arena and the wrestlers can work off of that, their chants and cheers and facial expressions. Because they can hear them, right? I think so. Okay. I don't think they're pumping in noise. So I believe that they're, they're actually doing some kind of live kind of feed stream. Yeah, and maybe for WrestleMania they do something kind of like AEW has been doing, that Daily's place. You know, like you were saying, yeah, limited like capacity, old... everybody, you know, kind of does the temperature check and the masks and everything like that. And, you know, <clears throat> but where would WWE hold that? You know, I think AEW's a little spoiled with Tony Khan and stuff, having that venue there next to the Jag Stadium and stuff, so. Yeah, I mean... I'm sure there's some kind of open air venue that they can go to. Um, I'm sure somebody probably has a concert venue, but what would be really cool is if they had it at Red Rocks. Oh, out in Colorado? Out in Colorado, but that's not going to happen in <laughs> April, I don't think. I Unless think. it's warm there. I don't know. I've never been to Colorado in April. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've been in Colorado once, and it was in uh, August, uh, and it was... So hot, and you know, I don't think of Colorado as a real hot state, but it is, especially when you're not in the mountains. <laughs> so, but that would, yeah, no, that would be cool. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, only time will tell with this Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre thing, but you know, I think you made a good point too. I like your idea. Um, it's just kind of working out those little small kinks to make everything fit. Yeah, and where they want to run, and that's the that's the big thing. We have so many options to feed off of that feud, and just working on getting there. Um, there's a lot of different options on getting to that point. Um, it's just what do they do to get there, and we just can't wait till they get there. Cause yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah, no, I think it's a good thing, and, you know, maybe they have a different idea in a way uh, to throw everybody off, you know, maybe they're just teasing everybody on something and it might not happen or whatnot. They're usually pretty good at that, of showing you something good, and then they take it away and decide to go with something bad, so. That's a horrible tease. Yeah, 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 it's like just enough to get you excited to keep you tuning in, and then they never do it. Right. So it's kind of like the Hogan uh, Ric Flair venture that they had. Oh, in the early nineties. Yeah, they never wrestled uh, each other on a pay per view like they should have. I know they wrestled in house shows, but yeah, that was a disappointment. Well, and then they didn't wrestle each other until like 
early nitro days um but it was in like a tag capacity um and both guys were past their prime by then so it didn't really count anyways I don't know. I think Ric Flair would, was uh, still in his prime when he retired almost. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, maybe he'll come back for another world championship run. Maybe. He can just <laughs> woo his way down the aisle, slap the figure four on somebody, and walk away with a win. Maybe he's been practicing uh, from Charlotte. He's going to put the figure eight on somebody. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. You never know. <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. But, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, we get to see a little bit of uh, what we talked about with this uh, McIntyre Reigns, or at least, because there's nobody else on SmackDown to fight for that belt from Reigns. I mean, who who's gonna take that from him? Yeah, I don't really see anybody else taking that right now. And I, in my opinion, I think SmackDown's the better show right now. Raw, I don't think. I mean, I know Raw's got a lot of the heavy hitters, but I just don't think that they're holding the candle to the SmackDown show. I, yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with Roman Reigns. No, and, I, w- uh, I would Hamer. agree. I would agree. I think you if you if you had if you switch Reigns to a face on that show, SmackDown is garbage. Um, I think um, with him being heel, I think that catapults the show up significantly more than what it was before. Definitely, definitely. So. Uh, Switching gears a little bit, um, one thing that um, I wanted to announce to all the listeners out there, um, so Carl Anderson did a small interview or whatnot, um, and he pretty much came out and said that he thinks that New Japan and Impact are going to work together by this upcoming summer, so summer of 21. Matty Ice, what do you think about that? Oh, I could definitely see that happening. I mean, Don Callis, one of the uh, co-owners or whatever he is, writers. I I can't remember what his what his title is, but Don Callis has a lot of history with New Japan. Uh, Don Callis called a lot of matches and interpreted into English for Access TV, which Impact is on. Impact got their deal on Access, and then New Japan was wiped off Access. So I could definitely see Impact partnering up with New Japan and putting on some great shows um, in Japan and over here in the States-wise. And I think it would work out nice. I mean, Don Callis has, I think, a good relationship with uh, New Japan. And I think having some of that talent coming over here would be a great thing for wrestling in the States. Now, do you think it hurts Impact for their past, let's say, failures with some of the New Japan guys who come over to the States on their, um, what do they call that, their, like, after they're done being a young lion and they go off to a different promotion for a few months or whatever to kind of figure out their character. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that New Japan does that. I think it's a really interesting idea. I wish more promotions would do that. But, you know, I've heard stories of back in the Dixie Carter days of when it was TNA 
of them kind of floundering a lot of the talented guys that they got from New Japan and pissing some of those guys off, you think that hurts Impact now? Or do you think now that they're under different management and kind of doing a different direction? I know Scott Demore's there kind of doing a lot of good things. Um, do you think that things have changed? Or do you think that this is just Carl Anderson's wish? Um, you know, I think, I think uh, the relationship pr- would probably change. Um, due to uh, Don Callis um, being involved, because Don Callis, like I said, was in New Japan calling shot or calling matches or whatever for a, a few years. So, I mean, he called the Chris Jericho um, Kenny Omega match when that happened a few years back, and three guys from Winnipeg, three guys from Canada, you know. I think uh, I think they would be in good hands with Don Callis. Now, to go off more of the Don Callis thing, he called the Hangman Kenny Omega match at full gear. Now, do you think with him doing that and him being friends with Kenny Omega, do you think that that maybe puts New Japan in contention with AEW? Or is that just wishful thinking on my part? I, you know, that brings up a good point. I mean, I think New, J- New Japan could probably run with anybody. Um, I think, I think anytime the promotions can coexist, I think it's better off because then you're not bringing one set of familiar faces to the mix every week and just drawn out, played out, over exaggerated. I think if you bring guys in from New Japan like um, Jay White, um, Okada, people like that, bring them over, work those guys into your into your shows and whatnot every once in a while. Maybe send some guys over to there and work some shows. Um, it's just, I think it would be good good for business, you know. Yeah, and New Japan's had dealings with ROH in the past, right? They've done a few, like, things together. Yeah, they did that, that super card, or the G1. I think it was the G1 or something like that. I know they had it at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, um, yeah a few years ago. A few years ago when uh, WrestleMania was going on. Yeah, so, you know, when Car- when I saw Carl Anderson said this, it kind of got me really excited. You know, what if all four of them go together? And I know, uh, you know, right now the... You know, I know ROH had a little partnership with NWA before they kind of uh, petered out. You know, I, I think Billy Corgan with this virus is running into a weird, you know, kind of riff right now. And I know they're doing stuff with this United Wrestling Network and the the wrestling from Arizona and California deal kind of thing. Um, but I would be interested to see, you know, it seems like AEW and, and NWA are working together a little bit now. You know, in ROH has worked with New Japan in the past, and if Impact comes in, why couldn't all of those guys work together? Yeah, I mean that that would be awesome if those uh, those guys all work together. I mean, they would control the the universe. I mean, WWE is their own little their own little world, and just getting back inside like that that territory days almost where you can still run shows in your hometown or whatever, but 
you can just mingle everybody into one. I mean, what better, what better way to like just revive wrestling than getting everybody back together and just being under like one big tent, you know? Oh, I agree. And I think it would, like you said, I think it would benefit wrestling because I think the best thing for wrestling is having other big promotions to compete against. Because after WWE bought WCW, there wasn't really any competition for WWE. They were kind of controlling everything. And in my opinion, they got really stagnant. I know TNA popped up right after, but you know they didn't get big until later on, and then they kind of screwed themselves by trying to compete with WWE, which is very hard. Like you said, WWE is kind of in their own class, their own division. But they're, if you're going to compete with them, they're going to stomp you every time because they have unlimited funds, essentially. Correct. You know, So they're just going to steal everybody from you, and then you're not going to have anybody to sign, so therefore nobody's going to want to watch you. Um, and TNA kind of, you know, dug their own grave when they brought in, you know, who wants to see, you know, an old Hulk Hogan who could barely move out there wrestling anymore? And the same, you know, Mick Foley was at the end and Sting was starting to get older. Like, yeah, those guys are big names, but they can't wrestle like they used to. Right. You know, nobody wants to see that. But, you know, to go back to the point, I think you could do good feuds, you could have tournaments like New Japan has with, you know, AEW and ROH and all those guys, they could all nominate people, or like early days TNA, they did the, they did like a X Division tournament where each team had four guys, and it was like, there's a Canadian team, there was a a US team, a Mexican team, and you know, a Japan team, and they had guys from New Japan, you know, that and and you get points based on wins and stuff that that to me makes wrestling more fun because it adds in a different element than what you are used to seeing. Yeah, it 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 takes you into like that new Japan kind of style where everybody's got like teams and whatnot and like their tournaments and whatnot it's all based on points. Right. And and I know that that new Japan's been doing that for a long time, but that's new to people here in the states because a lot of people here in the states don't really follow new Japan at all. And don't really know any of those guys. Yeah, it's kind of hard unless you subscribe now. So. Yeah, and I know that pay per views. <laughs> yeah, and I know it's hard too, even if you subscribe, because um, I know New Japan. There, uh, it's like New Japan World. I think it's like ten ten bucks a month, which is actually, you know, comparable to WWE. But um, they don't have an app on Roku. I know Roku's one of the big sellers for streaming devices. So if you don't have an app on there, you're already limited to what? Apple and Amazon? So you already limit yourself at that of customers that you can get. I mean, I guess you could download it on your iPads or computers or whatever else, but, I mean, that already limits you from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, it sure does. I mean, and $10 a month, I mean, everything's $10 a month nowadays. So, I mean, if you're watching WWE, you're watching New Japan... Um, a fight network is free, so download that. <laughs> At least for some of the content. Um, uh, I don't know what else is out there. Uh, AEW doesn't have any content. Uh, that's their streaming device. But yeah, so I mean, it, I think Impact has a. Oh yeah, a Impact thing, does too, and yeah. it's only five bucks a month. 
Yeah. And you can get all their old TNA stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I know there's some smaller promotions out west that they have a streaming uh, network where I think there's like six or seven um, promotions that went in together to do a streaming thing. But, you know, you, you don't know what you're getting because you're not familiar with a lot of... If you're not familiar with a lot of indie guys, you may not recognize a lot of those guys, so then people may not care. But there are some streaming out, out there, but, it, you know, after you get a bunch of subscriptions, you know, you kind of... It starts getting up there after a while. Yeah. And, you know, it's too bad that we always have stuff going on when they're, in their, when they're doing local shows in the area because Bruce City Wrestling actually has a show tonight. And I just watched a promo that uh, some of the guys shot, and it was, it was a, a dark faction or something like that that they have. And I would love to just take you to one of those shows and just get you, get you in an element to where you'll just, like, Start throwing your beer up in the air and beer splattering all over everybody. You're like, yeah, go. I thought uh, Beer City Wrestling had... Uh, Brew City Wrestling? I thought they had folded. Uh, no, uh, Brew City Wrestling is still going strong. I must be thinking of the other one. What's the other You're one? You're thinking uh, about MKE, MKE Wrestling. Yeah. Um, that was Silas Young's uh, promotion. I don't know if Silas got... Um, um, Uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? A little busy in his time schedule or something like that and couldn't put on a promotion okay. like that or if he was relying on other people to run it. I know his wife, uh, um, she dabbles in wrestling and whatnot. I think she's a valet as well. Um, but, I mean, he's got a busy schedule with... Right, yeah, ROH and ROH stuff. ROH and, you know, and I think... Uh, well. I, I can't even remember when they folded up. I think it was last year, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was about this time last year, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah well, I noticed on their Facebook, they said that they were uh, no longer going to be doing any shows. They did, like, their last show there at the American Legion building, uh, I think. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else, but I thought they had done, like, a farewell show. Um, yeah, I know they were wrestling at a, um, a Mexican restaurant. In their in their hall, okay. I know that. Okay, but definitely we have to get you out and yeah, show you show you some independent guys. You know? Yeah, it's it's hard this time of year, you know, with the holidays coming up, getting busy with all that right. stuff and whatnot, and uh, but yeah, no, we need to we need to go. Hopefully, we can go this winter, and hopefully AEW still comes to town. I think they're on schedule for. What I tell you, June maybe. It might have been July. June or July. Yeah. But that's gonna push us out an entire year. We were supposed to go April this year, and then they moved it to October, and now again to June or July. So hopefully we're able to go. Let's hope so. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to go. And I know our friend John out there in uh, listener land. I know he brought up that to my attention, like, hey, are we going to get to go to this AEW show or what? I was like, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I really hope so because I'm, uh, I'm itching to get back and um, watch some, some live wrestling. Yeah, and maybe it'll be well worth the wait. Maybe they'll have some crazy new uh, 
debut come out when they're here in Milwaukee or something. Uh, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll have to see, but I think it, it's going to be worth the wait, I think. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Silas Young will become AEW World Champion. <laughs> That'll make my day. Yeah, right. Yeah, maybe. So. <laughs> that, but, that's probably far-fetched. Hey, wishful thinking. That's wishful for thinking. sure. That's right. But uh, let's take a little break, and then we'll come back and uh, talk a little bit more booking. All right. Back from our little break. Uh, Sponsor was uh, Little little Debbie this week. Powder donuts. <laughs> Mini powder donuts, I'm sorry. Um, always a classic powder mini donut kind of guy. Yeah. I don't like those chocolate ones. I like to throw chocolate ones at people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we wash it down with a cold glass of 2% milk. That's right. Build no strong bones so we can take big bumps. Right. Flintstone vitamins. Eat your heart out. So, uh... <laughs> Matty Ice, I know uh, earlier this week we were uh, talking about a, an interesting subject. Um, why don't you tell, tell the listeners out there in listening land about what we were talking about? Well, we were talking about uh, Jake the Snake's health. Um, I guess he's in really rough shape. Um, he's uh, on oxygen right now, so that's really unfortunate for him. I mean, the guy's probably been on his deathbed who knows how many times. And for him to, like, pull through, I think he's um, a born-again Christian, I think, and he's sober now, I think. Uh, went through the DD, DDP program and whatnot, and just he, he, he revived his life, that's for sure. Yeah, because um, he has... I hear he has COPD, and I don't know if a lot of people listening know what that is, but um, my wife, her grandma has COPD, and it's actually really sad to see somebody who has COPD. Um, they're on oxygen. Um, they've got a, a lot of them have a unit in their home with a real long cord uh, to go around, and it's just like, it's really depressing, and it drains you down, and when they go places, they got to carry tanks around, and they just get winded so easy, and especially when they get excited. Um, it, you don't realize until you're really trying to struggle for air to breathe when you get ex- how excited you get. Um, I know uh, Matty Ice and I, our boss, he didn't have COPD, but he was on oxygen before he passed away. Um, and it was, it was always crazy, and uh, he always tried to make a joke about it. If he got excited, he had to turn up his oxygen to get a little bit more air. But, yeah, um, sure yeah, I um, I feel bad for um, Jake the Snake. You know, he's lived a real rough life, and I'm sure he regrets a lot of that. You know, I'm sure the 80s wasn't good on really any wrestling guys. No, a lot um, of them were dead. But, you know, he, like Matty I said, he has turned his life around, and I'd really, once you have COPD, you're not getting rid of it. But I'd really like to see, you know, him come through. And, and I hope, um, for his sake, I hope AEW kind of, takes him out of that role. I, I love him with uh, uh, the, you know, uh, Murderhawk Monster, um, or Mohawk, I should say, Lance Archer. Um, but, and I love him as his mouthpiece, but, you know, you got to think of the guy's health. You know, he's a living le- wrestling legend. Um, and with this virus and stuff, he's super susceptible to it. So if they could find a way to kind of write him out of the story... Um, just to protect his health, I think that would be the best interest for 
for all parties going forward. Yeah, I haven't seen him on TV uh, lately. Um, but, yeah, definitely his health. Uh, we, we wish him the best on, on his uh, lifelong journey here. Um, so it's, it's, it's sad to see that it's, it's ending this way for him because I think um, AEW probably brought him a little bit of joy because I think, uh, I think he enjoyed being part of something special. Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure a lot of those guys, once they get out of the being able to wrestle, I think, you know, if you spent pretty much your entire adult life doing nothing but wrestling, I'm sure it's really hard to get enjoyment out of doing anything else after you can't wrestle anymore. Yeah, I mean, especially when a lot of those guys from the 80s, that's, the, the, this is the business that they know. They don't know anything else. They got into it. They didn't really work nine-to-five jobs. They always worked town-to-town-to-town to town to town making five, ten bucks or whatever the pay dollar was uh, back when they were working the territories. So, I mean, they, they had nothing to fall back on. Right, right. And um, using this to uh, segue into our next topic um, with somebody who might be working uh, some independence now. Um, WWE just last night, or I should say, I think it was last night, they released uh, Zelina Vega. That's a surprise. To me, um, Selena Vega's a great mouthpiece. Um, she puts on a good show, uh, but as the Axeman will probably tell you, she was probably running her mouth. Yeah, um, rumor has it what I was reading uh, when I saw she got released because I thought that was, um, in my opinion, it was out of the out of the shot out of the dark um, and maybe I, it's just because I haven't been following along uh, with her um, and Andrade kind of going forward and I think she was with um, Garza and stuff like that but um, apparently she'd been advocating for um, a union for wrestlers uh, she wanted to unionize and I guess WWE is not for that um, I don't know what a union for wrestlers would necessarily look like other than them probably getting some kind of benefits because, to my knowledge, they're all independent contracting. So, you know, I think they kind of got to look out for themselves and what they get money-wise and for their contracts and stuff. Um, I think it's an interesting concept, but I guess since I'm not, Obviously not involved in the wrestling world. I don't know how that looks going forward. But I still thought it was interesting with them releasing them because her and uh, Aleister Black are married. So how does that look for him going forward? Does that hurt him, his run in the WWE, because she feels that way? Or does that not hurt him? Yeah, I mean, I guess we could say the same thing about Rusev and Lana, too. Or Miro and Lana. Um Miro uh, kind of got, he asked for his release, I guess. I was listening to a podcast with him on it. Um, and he was asking for his release um, a while back. And he was in some contract for like five years or whatever. 
And I think he started kind of going off script and doing his own thing, just saying, forget about this, and doing his own thing. And then they write him back in this, these stories. And, I mean, they had the story with him and Bobby Lashley going on with Lana and Bobby having this thing. And I guess they wanted Miro to have some kind of, like, ED problem. And, like, how do you take a baby face and then tell him that he's got an ED problem. I mean, that it just destroys things. Yeah, you know, to comment on that, it drives me up a wall sometimes when wrestling tries to get too much into, like, real-world situations like that. Like, it'd be one thing if they were, you know, quote-unquote, fake together, you know, for storylines or whatever. Well, when it comes to, like, people being in real-life relationships and really being married and stuff, ah, that just just goes above the next level when it comes to things. And it just, like, almost makes me cringe because how do you think, you know, how would somebody writing that storyline feel if they were in their shoes seeing their wife make out with another man? Like, that's just weird yeah. to me, and it just is... I know that uh, Rusev and Lana are still madly in love with each other. Nothing's changed with that. I mean, they're both actors. They're both professionals. They ran with that story, even though they thought it was stupid. But they, I think they were having fun with it. They were having fun um, portraying stories, and even though it was drawn out for so long and, and just so ridiculous sometimes. I mean, Rusev just looked like he was having a blast showing up and then just doing whatever he wanted to Bobby. I mean, that just, I mean, it made it that much funnier. But now you see Rusev making a change into AEW, and Lana is just getting slammed weekly by Nia Jax. Literally slammed through tables. Through tables. I think she's went through, like, ten tables already. I mean, it's, it's the same repetitiveness. Okay, Nia Jax doesn't like Lana. Okay, well... What would he do? You know, like deal with it, woman. Don't just continue to slam her through tables until she gives up or whatever. She hasn't given up through the first nine tables. She's not going to give up on the tenth. Sorry. <laughs> right, and maybe that's WWE's way of burying her. Maybe they're blaming Lana for Ru- uh, Miro going over to AEW, and you know that kind of. I mean, I know she wasn't a wrestler, but that kind of happened to John Moxley's wife, Renee Young. You know, she, uh, John left, and then she kind of lost some of her spots on TV, right? That's the way that I kind of saw it. I think so, yeah, for the most part. And, you know, it kind of seems like that, you know, they probably will do this to Aleister Black. He hasn't been on TV in a while, in my opinion, unless I've just been missing him. Uh, yeah, I haven't really seen him in, in a little bit either. You know, and maybe this is part of it. Maybe, you know, this is like a long time coming for Zelina Vega. Um, and because of that, Aleister Black hadn't been on TV. Maybe he's hurt. I don't know. But he definitely hasn't been on TV for a while. And I know him and Ricochet had a good thing going with their tag team. I really liked that tag team. Yeah, yeah, they did have a, a good thing going there. Um, but I think Zelina Vega is sitting in a good spot. I don't know if you knew Maddie Ice, but her and um, what is that woman's name from MLW that's with uh, 
Um, she's on MLW, and she's, like, feuding with Conehan, or she was when they had the TV yeah, show. Yeah, I can't think of her name. Um, I know who you're talking about, though. Um, anyhow, her and Zelina Vega, had when they were both in the Indies together, they were a tag team together mm-hmm. um, in the women's division. And her name is right on the tip of my tongue. For some reason, I can't think of it, and it's going to kill me. And I know as soon as we end the podcast, it'll come to me. But it's pretty similar to uh, Zelina Vega. But she looks good, too. I mean, Zelina Vega looks pretty good, too. Well, and that, that girl from MLW is, like, six foot tall. She's tall as hell. I mean, man, she's, she's taller than Conan. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so maybe she'll come, Maybe Zelina Vega will make a couple appearances in uh, MLW. You know, it's possible. Um, I think MLW is going in the right direction. They're going to be starting up here in the next couple of weeks, I think, running shows again in their TV show. And uh, I think they're really leaning on Alexander Hammerstone to pull them out of the out of no man's land now they've been gone so long. Hey, I'm all right with the hammer. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen him recently, but I follow him on Twitter. He is just absolutely jacked. In this pandemic, all he's been doing is working out, and he is just stupid jacked. He, no, I, I haven't seen him lately. He literally looks like a brick shit house. He's just exploded. Hmm. I, I don't know. I, I would. You should just make him be your champion. I don't. I like Jacob Fatu. I don't care. Enough with Jacob Fatu and Contra. Alexander Hammerstone should just come in and whip his ass. Ride Hammerstone to the su- to the into the sunset and call it a day, because he could be on any show right now and he would be a star. He probably needs to work on his promo work, but I think he could be a star. Yeah. Well, I mean, what if we uh, brought him to AW and just destroyed the newest member of the inner circle? Oh, MJF. MJF. You know, I think that would be interesting if he came to AEW and called out MJF about leaving the dynasty. I mean, he probably can't use that name because MLW probably has copyrights on it, but since they were together in MLW, yeah, that would be an interesting storyline. Yeah, just leave that, uh, that fake uh, EC3 at home. That oh, yeah, Dick Rich Holiday. Holiday. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> If I had to hear about him and his stupid AirPods one more time, I think I might throw up. Yeah, let me put in my AirPods. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, um, go, staying on the inner circle, though, um, I know that um, they were just on AEW this week, and Maxwell bought everybody tickets to Vegas. So right now, the inner circle is in Vegas, baby. Okay. And... Uh, courtesy of MJF. Um, how the storyline goes is um, the Spanish sex god was not there. That, like, there was two emails sent out, something about a beach or something like that, meet us on the beach. So he went to the beach and never got, like, the other email, supposedly, which, I mean, MJF and um, Sammy Guevara are feuding pretty hard right now but uh so anyways sammy shows up towards the end of the show mjf gives him the ticket 
everybody's riding first class, but I don't know if Sammy was riding first class, so it'll be interesting to see where they go with that. Yeah, it kind of sounds like they're setting those two up for a feud. Um, and like we said last week, and I think we've mentioned a few times in prior episodes, I think this is going to be the way that uh, Sammy really hits a singles run. I think they're going to kind of like push him out of the inner circle, not necessarily Jericho or any of the other guys, but I think MJF is going to kind of you know, get under his skin and they're going to wrestle. And I think the stipulation is probably going to be loser leaves inner circle and then they're going to do that and then I think Sammy goes on a face run. It's, it's very possible, very possible. And I know that Jack Hager and Warlow were eyeballing each other um, over the last couple, well, when they were in Vegas and um, on Dynamite this week, they were kind of eyeballing each other off in the distance and they weren't really being together. And uh, I forgot which one, the smaller one out of, out of uh, Ortiz and Ortega or whatever. Um, he had a real problem with uh, MJF this week too as well. So, like, the inner circle seems like it's kind of breaking down. Yeah, I think that'll be interesting. I like the inner circle. I think they're a good faction. Um, I think AEW is in a weird spot. I know you've mentioned in weeks past that they're kind of going, like, the New Japan route with the factions and you know, and stuff like that. But I wonder if maybe AEW feels they have too many factions and they feel like the inner circles run their course. But I, what I would like to see happen is I think it'd be cool to see Hager and Wardlow in the tag team division. I think they would clean house. Yeah, definitely would. I mean, those two would be like an unstoppable duo in AEW for sure, without reasonable doubt. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess time will tell. I, I would like to see those things. Um, but, you know, staying kind of on AEW, I know we touched base on this last week, but, um, you know, what do you think is a good way to get um, Nick Aldis into AEW? with FTR and with Sean Spears. Does he have a connection with Tully or any of those guys? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, uh, as far as I know, I don't think he does. So, but, I mean, wrestlers are, are kind of like a tight-knit community, so, I mean, they probably have connections somewhere down the road. Yeah, because I'm just trying to think how to get Nick Aldis into AEW where it makes sense and you just don't throw him in there randomly. Because um, yeah. I know he had the the matches with Cody, and now that Cody isn't TNT champ, you think they bring him in by Cody calling him out? I mean, that could be, because I know that uh, Serena uh, Deeb or Deb or whatever um, is going to face Thunder Rosa for the NWA women's title again. So I believe that's happening on Dynamite. This so, this upcoming week? I believe so. Okay. So, I mean, again, NWA, AEW kind of coexisting for that women's title. 
what's not to say Nick Aldis doesn't come in and uh, or somebody doesn't put out a feeler for Nick Aldis to come in and say, hey, I want that world title. Now, say that does happen. Say Cody calls Nick Aldis out and Nick Aldis shows up. And then somehow they pair them with FTR to make the new Four Horsemen, whatever they're called. I know right before the pandemic happened, Marty Skrull and Nick Aldis were getting ready to have a feud. Now, do you think if Cody calls out Nick Aldis and he comes to AEW, do you think that means that Marty Skrull and Villain Enterprises are close behind him? It's a possibility. I mean, Marty Skrull, I mean, he's good friends with the Bucks and uh, Kenny and uh, even Cody, for that matter, and Hangman. So I wouldn't put it far-fetched that he might be coming in sooner or later um, and getting some kind of angle with those guys, whether it be against them guys or coming in to help those guys. Because basically now, Cody's not really in the elite anymore, right? Because he's kind of got his own nightmare family faction. So pretty much it's just Kenny and the Bucks now that Hangman's out of the elite. I mean, if you yeah, if you want to call it that way, I think Kenny and the Bucks are still kind of like elite. And I think they're both kind of like turning turning heel. Or yeah, so then... heel face kind of guys. So then Kenny will be the cleaner now kind of right. thing. Um, now, what do you think if... If Marty Skrull does come in with what we've talked about, if my man, Adam Cole Bebe, comes in with him to be part of the villain enterprises, because I don't think, I don't think PCO is going to come in to AEW. Maybe I'm wrong, but he's a little on the older side. Yeah, he's still doing crazy stuff. But maybe they'll bring all those guys in, you know, because it seems like most of the factions in AEW have five guys, at least, right? Three to five guys? Yeah, you could say, yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's your fifth. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Adam Cole is just a front man. You know, he's got to be the, the top guy in a group, probably. But uh, I would think so. But that's a way to introduce him. I don't know what his contract looks like in WWE. Yeah. You know, I thought it was coming up this past August, but he's still there. But I I don't know. I just don't like the direction they're using him in. I guess I like him too much, so. I mean, I'd probably hook up with Britt Baker, but I, yeah. I don't know. But then who do you have them feud with? Because, you know, I think Britt Baker's next in line. I think you, you put him against the, what's his name, uh, Kip and... Uh, Oh, Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford. Yeah, you put those two. Yep. Or but, you put the blade in the blade and bunny. That would that would be interesting. Or Cody and uh, Cody and Brandy. Cody and Brandy. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you got to work out a storyline because Brit Brit's next in line for the women's title against Sheeta. It's not like Sheeta's with an. Uh, you know, she doesn't have a significant. I'm sure she might have a significant other, but not in AEW capacity kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I just wish all those things would happen. You know how much more fun wrestling... Not that wrestling's not fun now, but... Yeah, it'd be like eating ice cream. 
All day, every day. All day, for breakfast. Yeah. Mint chocolate chip for breakfast. Yep. Maybe some moose tracks. Yeah. So, I don't know. It would... I probably wouldn't... I'd probably just have to watch every episode over and over and over again for like a week. I'd just take off work. I just wouldn't show up. That, I might quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. No, I wouldn't go that far. I need money. Uh, I'm not making any money because you people won't uh, like our podcast and listen more and share it with other listeners. We might just, have to start Just a... playing. Just playing. We, we, we enjoy uh, everybody listening in, even though it's only like 10 or 11 people. We might have to uh, take up uh, knitting and uh, start selling scarves to MJF. Yeah, yeah, because uh, he needs a new one. Yeah, but then then we'd have uh, Enemy and Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah, and then Rosie won't be able to get her hugs. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're on to some good stuff here. Uh, I think the only, the only thing that... Uh, I'm kind of interested in is, uh, you know, when we started this podcast, our first episode was uh, the top 100, and we kind of went about our favorite wrestlers. I want to know what you uh, what you got going on in your head, Axe Man, about women wrestlers, and like, what's your what's your favorite woman wrestler? Who who do you got your eye on? You know, this is kind of a hard question. Um, and I'm sure some of our listeners are probably thinking, you know, what's wrong with me? But when I watch Dynamite, I fast forward through the women's matches. Yep. I don't, it's not that I don't like them. They're, to me, they're just not all that exciting. And when I watch WWE, there's very few of the women's matches that I watch. Some of the women, I think, are extremely exciting. Some of them, not so much. The ones that I do not like is Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. I don't like Shayna Baszler. I don't think she's exciting. I think she's boring. I yeah, I don't, I don't really like Nia either. I mean, Nia, she's, she's decent, um, but I don't know. They're, they're, it, it's kind of boring together because they're just kind of like running their show and Naya's running her mouth, and Shayna Baszler's like, yeah, I, I could beat you down any day. I'll put you in an arm bar, break your arm like three times. Yeah, that's just boring to me. Because all Nia Jax to me is just, she's just bigger than all the other women. That's yeah, it. She just destroys them. That's just, I don't know, that's just boring. I want to see some athletic moves. And honestly, right now, my favorite uh, woman wrestler right now is probably uh, the boss, Sasha Banks. I like that feud that they had with Bailey. I think Bailey's extremely athletic. And I want to see her go on a run. I mean, who else in the WWE do you have? I mean, Charlotte's out. Becky Lynch is out. You know, those are your top guys. I mean, Asuka's still there, but she's like, I don't think the WWE really knows how to use her. Yeah, they kind of use her off and on. Um, I mean, Io Shirai's up there. I wish they'd bring her up. I think that would be an interesting feud, her and her and Oscar. Yeah, mellow, mellow money. Um, uh, that's that's gonna be the new hot thing because um, she whooped up last night. Yeah, Mellow super, super kicked uh, the boss last night again. So that's gonna be the next big feud because that's just the way they're gonna go. I mean, Mellow's looking pretty good these days. I mean, 
Yeah, you better be careful. Corey Graves might be on. Cor- Corey's probably listening right now, but don't worry, Corey. You got nothing, nothing to worry about. I mean, I got my eyes on a couple different ones. <laughs> so, beside our that are a couple steps above uh, Carmella. I know uh, my my all time favorite, and I know for probably many of our like wrestlers, our listeners. And wrestlers um, would probably agree with me that uh, that Miss Elizabeth was probably the most spectacular-looking woman, like, ever in wrestling history. I don't think anybody tops her from, like, that 80s hair that she had um, to the uh, awesome gowns that she wore, the evening gown, uh, dresses or whatever. Um, she, she was top notch. Uh, Randy, Randy had a, a lucky thing with her and it's too bad that he was insanely jealous and, um, just let that marriage fall apart because she was, she was beautiful. Just beautiful. You know, she's a little before my time, but when I was younger, when I was a kid getting into wrestling, I had the biggest crush on Trish Stratus. Trish was Trish was hot, and she was before her time when it come to wrestling. Picture how the women's division was in when she was in the WWE in the early two thousands, late nineties, early two thousands. Women's wrestling now blows a lot of the men out of the water. Oh yeah, and if Trish Stratus was just younger and she was in now, she'd be top on that too. Yeah, I mean that's where that's where Natty is too. I mean Natty, um, she was there way before the women's evolution even started. Like Natty is like a nurturing mother or big sister, whatever you want to call it, to some of these gals coming in. Um, and she takes a lot of people under her wing and just lets them ride. And, I mean, she does a lot for that women's division, and I don't know how much appreciation that she gets um, for that. Because it, it seems like she never has a title run. <laughs> and yeah. when she does, it's like a day. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, and somebody else who was before their time, too, Lita. Yeah. She was doing crazy stuff with the Hardy Boys and some of those classic TLC matches with Edge and Christian and the Dudley Boys. She's fearless, too. Yep. It's, it's just crazy to think how, how at the time you didn't think about it until now when you see the women putting on better matches than some of the men and you think if only those two were just a bit younger to be in this generation of women's wrestling, how great women's wrestling would be yep. right now. Yep. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's crazy to think about. Yep. Uh, yeah, uh, and definitely, like, some of these women that are in wrestling nowadays, I mean, they're, they're all gorgeous. I mean, even back in the day in, like, those mid-90s and 2000s, I mean, they were all, like, gorgeous just super attractive i mean 
I have a huge thing for Peyton Rice <laughs> and Alexa Bliss. So, like, Alexa Bliss, I mean, if she was single and knocking on my front door right now, I'd probably let her in at least <laughs> once. <laughs> no, no, I love my wife. But um, my wife knows that I love Alexa Bliss, too. So Yeah, you better be careful, though. You might be sleeping in the garage. Yeah, my wife would probably, like, body slam Alexa Bliss or come off the, the top rope or something or <laughs> off the ladder. So, give her the frog splash. Yeah, yeah. Oh, speaking of frog splash, just a quick note. I don't know if you noticed. Uh, Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, 15 years. That's uh, that's crazy. Um, I can't believe it's been that long. It seems like not too long ago uh, on an episode of Raw, they dedicated the whole show to him because they found him that he'd passed away in his hotel room. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if a lot of our listeners have watched Dark Side of the Ring, but if you do, there's um, two that I suggest that are the best ones that I've seen. It's uh, Chris Benoit. It's a two-parter, so it's two episodes. you got to watch that one for sure. And the other one, in my opinion, is definitely the Owen Hart one. Those two are top out of the two seasons. Um, and the Road Warriors was pretty good too. Yeah, that that's right too. That's that's definitely my number three. But my number, my two tops are definitely Owen and Chris Benoit. Yeah, um, both sad, very sad stories. And the Road Warriors is a sad story too. Yeah, I mean, all three of those are pretty sad. Well, all of them are pretty sad in a way because well, mean, right, yeah, but either the wrestlers died or got murdered or whatever the case was because they did that Brody Lee episode or no. Bro- uh, bro- Bruiser Brody. Bruiser Brody, Brody, yeah. Bruiser Brody, not Brody Lee, sorry. Um, and uh, uh, I forgot the other guy. Anyways, yeah. Watch those Dark Side, uh, Dark Side of the Rings. They're, they're, they're good, uh, good TV. Yes, especially if you're a big wrestling fan like us. So, Well, Matty Ice... Um, I think we're going to start wrapping down. You got any last uh, tidbits for all the listeners out in listening land? You know, um, back to, like, games-wise, that uh, that bucket game that we played the other day, um, that was a lot of fun. I mean, we didn't get to play that long. We got interrupted, but uh, I truly enjoyed it. And uh, it's something that I'm going to look forward to enjoying again when we have the opportunity to sit down and actually make it through the whole game and kind of like learn the game aspect because I think I was just starting to grasp it uh, towards the end and like what you needed to do and all that stuff so book it buy it own it today yeah uh, I'm glad you liked it um, I got it as a early birthday gift from my mother-in-law uh, she surprised me with it um, she always gives real thoughtful gifts. But, uh, yeah, no. Um, it, at first, when you first play it, it's a little hard to pick up. But after you get through a couple hands, you really pick it up. And, yeah, we'll have to get together sometime here soon when when we got some time to, you know, no kids, no wives kind of thing. And we're not podcasting to uh, sit down, have a couple beers, and play. Um They've got uh, an expansion pack out already with uh, more wrestlers, and uh, they started a Kickstarter at the beginning of November for the second expansion, 
and they reached their mark. They, I think they had a mark of like $5,000, and they're at like $7,000 last time I checked. Oh, that's awesome. So they're going to come out with that uh, soon. So, you know, everybody keep your eyes open for it. Um, yeah, check it out for sure at your local game store. Got to support your local businesses and your locals. Right. Especially wrestling. Um, but, yeah, thanks for all the listens, and uh, we hope you liked it. We changed it up a little this week, and instead of doing uh, reviews, doing the booking, and I know we had a lot of fun doing it this week, uh, and I think we might keep it on this booking track. Um, so, yeah, so definitely hit us up on email or Twitter, and uh, give us a bunch of stars and likes on the podcast whatever listening platform you may be on so spotify google podcast apple the anchor app whatever it is give us some likes yeah definitely we always want those likes um yeah thanks for listening and uh everybody enjoy the rest of your weeks thanks if you want to get in touch with us you can reach us by email our email is hot Tag podcast 2020 at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Beer City Boys One. Hot, Hot tag, tag out. out.